You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site, we have your picks against the spread, picks straight up. My decider column is up there looking at the rankings and start sit for the week. I'll also have a specific deep dive into the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and Chargers in Los Angeles. A big one, a nice way to start the week, and we will break that game down for you, as well as seven other games. We're back to a 16-game full slate here, just in time for the fantasy football playoffs, so exciting time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year for many of us who advanced to this spot. Uh, Maybe we have a bye week and we're enjoying it, but we still want to put up some points, have some good fantasy football success, and For everyone, this is do-or-die time in a lot of leagues here. So we'll help you uh, decide what players you want to play there this week. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. And this episode is brought to you by Stance Apparel, sponsored by Stance, that believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right, let's uh, dive right into this Chiefs-Chargers game. Exciting. We want to get into it. And let's uh, look at it uh, with the Chiefs' perspective first. They are three-point favorites in this one. We know there's not much of a home field advantage in L.A. with no weather concerns. And we know a lot of Chiefs fans are probably going to be out there trying to escape the cold of Kansas City right before Christmas, knowing that they'll be home for Christmas. Now, will they have a win here? We'll see. Patrick Mahomes... And his chances are pretty good here. He put up good numbers against the Chargers in the first meeting. He's actually needed the Raiders to have QB1 numbers. Otherwise, it's been pretty bad for Mahomes. They've been very careful. But he did get a couple touchdowns last week and looked pretty good there, spreading the ball around. He gets it done. And we know he's doing a little bit more with his legs. He had a good rushing game in the first matchup. He had three TDs, actually, against the Chargers there in Week 3 three in Kansas City, so it's a decent matchup. I know the Chargers pass rush with Joey Bosa, and their secondary is pretty deep with their three corners, Michael Davis and Chris Harris Jr. It looks like Asante Samuel Jr. has a chance to return from his concussion. We'll see if he's cleared. That would uh, change things a little bit in the slot, but still, Patrick Mahomes, you have to lower expectations a little bit with him, but the numbers have been there against the Chargers. It's an important game. There's also going to be resistance on the other side from Justin Herbert. So Mahomes is going to have pretty good volume here, produce here, and get it done. And I think who helps him getting get it done here is Tyreek Hill a little bit more. I don't know if he'll go off, but yardage-wise, I think he can have a pretty good game. They can get the ball to him on short to intermediate routes, working in the middle of the field. So I think they'll make it point of emphasis that here because it's hard to throw downfield on the Chargers given the pass rush and all that. So Chiefs offensive line, we know it was better at run blocking. The Chargers are the second worst uh, run defense here in the NFL. However, you slice it in terms of yards per game, the Texans are worse. In terms of yards per carry, only the Steelers are worse. So you can run on the Chargers for sure. So that's good news for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who had two pops into the end zone last week. Not a lot there, but Darrell Williams still getting involved as a key receiver. He's pretty much the third receiver right now behind 
Hill and uh, tight end Travis Kelsey. Kelsey used to struggle against the Chargers, but the defensive scheme here of uh, Brandon Staley has kind of opened things up. He had a big game the first time around in week three, had a massive target game, had 100 yards receiving there. He needs to have one of those games here in time for the fantasy football playoffs because it's been rather quiet here for Kelsey in the past couple weeks. Just a quieter second half in general. Big first half. Uh, George Kittle has kind of taken over as the ultimate tight end one down the stretch, but Good situation. Derwin James a little bit banged up here for the Chargers. Just not the same level of play at linebacker and safety here. And the running game, we know there's a correlation between running game and tight end success. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire should be pretty good in this one. Daryl Williams, if you need a flex, you can look at him here. Edwards-Alaire more of an RB2 in this one. Tyreek Hill, I'm going to temper our expectations and keep him as a wide receiver 2. He barely finished as a wide receiver 3 here in the previous matchup, so let's uh, just say wide receiver two with some upside for Hill. That's where we're at at this stage of the season, the way they're operating their offense. Kelsey, I think, will finish in the top three at tight end and uh, rebound there with a bigger game that's more like a Kelsey-like game. And uh, Mahomes uh, putting that together should be pretty good. I wouldn't trust Miko Hardman or Byron Pringle or any of these other receivers. Josh Gordon is not going to play here for the Chiefs. He's on the COVID-19 list. He did score last week, one of the two touchdowns, along with uh, Daryl Williams. But you want to see Kelsey or Hill get one of those scores, and I feel really good. But at least one of them can score, and I am feeling a decent shot that both can score in this game. So that would definitely help Mahomes' numbers. Good smash spot for Edwards Alaire. I'm not going to extend to Derek Gore, who was the closer and scored a long touchdown against the Raiders last week. I also am not going to go with the Char- or the Chiefs defense against the Chargers here. Look, uh, no Chris Jones here. He's on the COVID-19 list. That's a big loss. He's a guy that gets a lot of sacks and disruption up front to pressure a quarterback into turnovers. So I know Justin Herbert can turn over the ball, and I think there's a chance he'll have at least one interception in this game, but Really, you can't hang your hat too much on that because the Chargers' offense is too explosive here for the Chiefs. So, pivoting away from the Chiefs' defense, they've been great the past two weeks against the Broncos and Raiders. I mean, out of the park great. But the Chargers' different story here, much better team from the AFC West, and it's a road matchup. It's not at home in the elements there against Denver or Las Vegas. Uh, Los Angeles a lot more dangerous here. Harrison Butker, you're definitely playing good controlled environment for a kicker here, and he can rack up the points here playing off the Chiefs offense. Now we go with the Chargers side of things. Justin Herbert is a top three play. Again, he's been on fire last four weeks. No lower than QB6. So he's just bringing it. Chiefs defenses can be tough, but no Jones really helps. He's not going to have his left tackle, Rashawn Slater. He's on the COVID-19 list, but Plenty of playmakers. Keenan Allen will turn. Mike Williams should play through it as well. Austin Eckler is going to play. So heel injury for Williams. Uh, ankle issue for Eckler, but they should be both in the game here for the Chargers, as well as uh, Allen returning, and we know they have Jalen Guyton. They've used him a lot more in the past couple weeks, even when they've had the usage of Allen Williams on the field a couple weeks ago, so Guyton really is operating as their third receiver here. They're trying to do that more with 11 personnel. Jared Cook has a chance to score a touchdown, so if you're desperate at deeper league, you can look there. He did score last week against the Giants, but that's what you're counting on here for Jared Cook at tight end when he's playing for the Chargers, especially with Donald Parham Jr., they're able to take away some scores as well. So Chargers defense are sitting down. I played Dustin Hopkins in the league last week. I was very uh, pleased with him as a kicker against the Giants. Giants were giving up a lot of kicking points, so I do like him at home. He was pretty good for a Washington football team. It's kind of interesting how Michael Badgley has gone to Indianapolis and been pretty solid for Rico Blankenship, and then you've seen some good kicking here from Hopkins, who was pretty consistent for Washington, got his second shot here, and has been pretty good 
as part of this high-scoring offense here. So no defenses in this game, but pretty much all your principles you're going to get in. You could extend to Williams and Guyton if you need to in deeper leagues here. Definitely in DFS, you can look at those uh, guys a little bit more as good value plays here to complement some of your bigger names and investments in this one. But I love it. It's great for fantasy football, except for defenses. Do not play them in this game whatsoever. Let's pivot to Saturday, and this game, we've waited a little bit to find out if we can analyze this game properly, but it's really hard. Let's take the easy part of the Raiders. Darren Waller, we're going to track him with a knee and back injury, so it looks like he has a chance to return. If he returns, you're playing him. Don't worry about the matchup against Cleveland. Don't worry about Foster Moreau and the tight end has not done much here with Derek Carr. We know Derek Carr loves Darren Waller. That's going to help Carr's value. Still will not play Derek Carr. He's still been awful the past several weeks and facing Miles Garrett in this nasty Browns defense. So the COVID issues for the Browns not affecting their defense all that much here. They're still pretty fully loaded there. So not feeling Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs, you're going to play him out of obligation just out of volume here, but it could be a little bit of tough sledding. Pretty bad game for him last week in a good matchup against the Chiefs. Didn't even make up for it in the passing game. So Jacobs, volume-based play. He's main guy in town now with no Kenyon Drake. And uh, Jalen Richard barely seeing the ball. So he, he's a guy, I'm going to drop him down to more RB2 flex borderline for me. In uh, shallower leagues, if you got some options, maybe you can pivot away from Jacobs. But you probably stuck with him. So if Waller plays, he's in. If Moreau plays again, we've tried this for two weeks without Waller. He's had one good game without Waller there several weeks ago. But this matchup is uh, not great for the tight end. So you could pivot in a different direction there. Hunter Renfro is always in your lineup. He's a wide receiver too, automatic. Without Waller, for sure. With Waller, he actually might be helped here to scheme him open a little bit in this game. But very tough cover in the slot. He avoids the best corners there of the Browns. Here, uh, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. So we'll see how that plays. But Renfro should be in there for sure. No-brainer wide receiver two this week. Jacobs, uh, RB2 at best this week. Carr, uh, not going to play. Waller, if he's in there, he's a tight end one for sure. And you take your chances. But low-scoring game, when you look at it over-under, you don't want to invest too much in this game. In DFS and definitely not in season-long. Now, for the Browns, two offensive linemen could be out here. Uh, Jedrick Wills, uh, you have uh, Jack Conklin already out. Uh, it's a mess here with the COVID-19. Baker Mayfield is also on the list here. Jarvis Landry's on the list. Austin Hooper's on the list. Harrison Bryant is hurting for the Browns. So you could see David Njoku if he gets cleared, but he was on the COVID-19 list last week. So I honestly don't know what to do. I think with Bryant and Hooper and that situation at tight end, I think it could be avoided. It's a sad story because this is a great matchup for a tight end. We know that. Uh, the Raiders have been very giving, and we know the correlation between bad run defense and tight end. So we'll see how it plays out. If Njoku's cleared and he's the guy and there's no Bryant and there's no Hooper, then you figure he's going to get some targets, especially if Landry doesn't go. So we've got to monitor all the stuff going into Saturday. It's very annoying, but it also could just be totally cleared up by then, and the Browns could be fine and good to go in this one. But I do like the Browns. I mean, I like them when they were four and a half, five points favorites here. Love them as uh, just one-point favorites here. But 39 and a half, what does that scream to you if Case Keenum goes and these issues? A lot of Nick Chubb. He's not on the list. Kareem Hunt is not going to play with an ankle injury. So it's all about Nick Chubb in this game. They're going to try to shorten it and win it and go in that direction. So Chubb could just dominate this game. And uh, so I'm sorry if you're playing against Chubb. If you've got Chubb, good for you. I think he's going to go off here. I don't think you'll see a lot of Dearness Johnson behind Chubb. 
here. That's not really how they use Dearness. They use him more as a sub for Chubb versus uh, trying to fill in and be the complimentary back that Hunt is. So very interesting developments here, but I think they're going to shorten it. Just like that Broncos game you might remember on Thursday night that uh, a few weeks ago where Dearness Johnson had to start because Chubb and Hunt were not available. They just kept running and running and running. When Johnson, he had a big game. So that's the kind of game I think you'll get from Chubb should Case Keenum go, especially if they're a shorthanded wide receiver. If uh, you have some Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper, I think it helps down with Peoples-Jones, but it really hurts if they're not out there because you look at Casey Hayward Jr. He's a pretty good cover guy on the outside, the veteran uh, Charter, former Charter and former Packers player. He's been really good in coverage for the Raiders. So this is run, run, run situation. All of it screams that here. And Mayfield, Mayfield being out doesn't change all that much because I'm not trusting too much. I'm still looking at the tight end, whoever's healthy out, out there being a key target as well as working in the middle of the field. Remember, Anthony Schwartz also has a concussion, so probably going to avoid the wide receivers if Landry doesn't go. Tight end, we'll see if Njoku can go instead of Hooper, and we might go there. If not, we're going to avoid that altogether as well, but Chubb, Chubb, and more Chubb in this game, as well as the Browns' defense. That's a sneaky little stack here for the Saturday slate, looking at the these two games. Now, the other game on Saturday is the Patriots and Colts. The Colts are actually two and a half point favorites at home. Both teams coming off a bye. 45 and a half is the over-under. Let's start with the Patriots here. I'm not going to trust Mac Jones in the playoffs. He's a rookie who doesn't get a lot of high volume. I am going to trust one of his receivers, but it's not a wideout. Uh, the Colts are okay against wide receivers. They had a lot of trouble earlier in the season, but it's hard to trust Kendrick Bourne. He's a low upside wide receiver three if you're looking at him in this one. Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, you just can't go there. If anyone... Of those two, you could look at Myers, but again, not an exciting play as a wide receiver three or flex unless you're in a really deep league here. But Hunter Henry, the Colts give up a lot to the tight end. Their zone defense is there. Henry should be well-rested and healthy. We know Jonah Smith hasn't done too much, but he could do a little bit more here to help Henry. So I expect to see a lot of two tight end sets from the Patriots this week as well. So keep that in mind. So Hunter Henry I like. Whoever's running the ball could run into some trouble here because the Colts are actually pretty good against the run. They can control action up front. We'll see if Damon Harris can play with his hamstring injury or it could be Ramondre Stevenson. So if it's Harris and Stevenson together, I'm just not feeling it too much. You're going to play them anyway. Uh, Harris for sure. I mean, if it's Harris and Stevenson both active, Harris is an RB2 there with uh, limited expectations. If Harris is out, then Stevenson is an RB2 two there instead. If they're both playing, it's just going to be a little bit tougher here in this matchup for sure. So not a lot to see with the Patriots, but Hunter Henry is who I feel good about, and whoever's uh, the lead back here, whether it be Harris or Stevenson, is the play here as well. You can't play the Patriots defense, but keep in mind the Colts have been rather protective of the ball. They've had one or two bad turnover games, but for the most part, uh, they've been grinding away with Jonathan Taylor. Been careful, so really it's getting Carson Wentz to drop back and throw a little bit more. The problem is the Patriots' run defense is pretty bad, and the Colts don't want to go after their pass defense. So the Patriots' defense, I think you could do a little bit better if you're looking for a different streamer this week. You can uh, definitely go in that direction. Again, they've been too hard to bench. They still came up with uh, nine points a couple weeks ago against the Bills there before the bye, so still viable. They're just too talented. They've had too many big games and too consistent, and Wentz is always a candidate to throw a pick six if he gets into a negative script or a bad passing situation, so keep that in mind. Uh, the Colts' offensive line, however, can uh, keep the Patriots down in terms of sacks and all that this week. 
And uh, for the Colts, I mean, you can't play Carson Wentz. You can't really feel good about Michael Pittman Jr. He's been hit or miss here, and it's uh, J.C. Jackson probably going to be in coverage. So Jonathan Taylor, more Jonathan Taylor, and more Jonathan Taylor. I'm not going to extend to Jack Doyle or the tight ends or anything like that or T.Y. Hilton. Forget it. It's all about Taylor. I'm not going to trust Naeem Hines or anything to do anything behind Taylor, but Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. And the defense is actually a sneaky play. Emotional home, primetime bump. And it's a rookie quarterback, and the Colts tend to play better defense at home and make some big plays as well. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown of your uh, three games there before we hit Sunday. Two Saturday games uh, following that Thursday game between the Chiefs and Chargers. We still have to break down five more games on this show and eight more games on tomorrow's show. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium, where that Chiefs-Chargers game is being played is less than 100 days away and on location the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends five-star LA hotels and food by the great chef Wolfgang Puck visit on location exp.com sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location to find out more that's on location, exp.com slash SB56, the two numbers, or search Super Bowl on location to find more here about on location. Check it out here for on locations. Uh, you're going to have uh, something special if you can connect and go to that big game in L.A. in later February this year. This episode, we also reminded you at the top, was sponsored by Stance. Uh, Stance Apparel has uh, been all over of late, and uh, they have great new line of active apparel. It's a great time to get in on Stance. It's holiday gifting time, last-minute gifts. Uh, you're going to make anyone happy. What Stance is the coolest gift you can give to anyone. Share in the joy of how incredibly comfortable and well-made all their socks, shirts, joggers, and hoodies are. Stance is different from the boring old socks. Bold expresses your personality through your underwear, socks, anything you're wearing inside or outside. Stance changed that mindset by offering color, comfort, and creativity like no other. There are all kinds of cool designs there that you can pick out for your Stance apparel. I like Batman and Star Wars and Marvel. I'm all about the superhero stuff and... Uh, sci-fi, but also you can get some great Major League Baseball and NBA stuff at Stance as well. What Stance apparel item will you like to try the most? Well, the only way to find out is getting in on Stance. You can feel how soft and comfortable all their apparel is. The quality can't be beat, and everyone loves the Stance items. I've uh, had some around the house, and people are like, Where'd you get that? And that's great, because it's going to make a great gift for them this holiday season. Stance believe the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that, that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKED on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Time to continue the show and look at our next few games here. We'll get into the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available, as I mentioned at the top, on all platforms. And tell your friends about us. Uh, it's almost the end of this season, but we're going to lock and load for the offseason as well. So a lot of good stuff coming ahead, even when we're not talking about games and stuff here on Locked on Fantasy Football. 
Washington football team is playing at the Eagles. The Eagles coming off a bye. They're five-point favorites at home. The over-under is 44. I do like the Eagles to take care of business in this game here with uh, more things figured out with Nick Sirianni. Let's start with Washington. Not going to Taylor Heineke, not against that Eagles defense. You're going to play Antonio Gibson. The Eagles can be leaking against the run, and they should have a bounce-back game here. I don't really love anything else. You could look at Ricky Seals-Jones. The Eagles do give up some numbers there. He did almost score last week, but I'm not trusting too much in Taylor Heineke. So RSJ, more of a deep league tight end play this week. Here for you, Terry McLaurin is the guy we're monitoring. Does he miss the game with a concussion? It's a tough matchup anyway because you have Darius Slay on the other side and a pretty good Eagles secondary. So could be pretty brutal for everything involved with Heineke in the passing game, and Gibson might be their only source of a real reliable production this week in this matchup. Against Philadelphia on the road, again, it's a team you want to run against, to throw short passes against, but throwing downfield, pushing the issue, not going to happen here with Taylor Heineke in this game. Now, that's pretty much covers Washington. You're not starting their defense. You are starting the Eagles defense, a good spot. Heineke just had a meltdown. The Cowboys had a smash game against the Washington football team on the road. This is on the road for WFT. Eagles should come out firing defensively, fully healthy. Miles Sanders, we're going to monitor that situation. He tweaked his ankle before this bye in this game, so we'll see can he get going after that Jets game, or do we see Boston Scott? Do we see Jordan Howard return to the mix? Is it Kenneth Gainwell? we got to kind of monitor that as the week goes on. Dallas Goddard, you got to play him probably as a tight end. I don't love him this week. I think he could be a disappointment. Washington, pretty good against a tight end specifically. I think what you also see, it's a great spot for the slot, so I think Devonta Smith is where this game is going to go quite a bit here this week. The Washington football team not very good at corner here, especially with no Kendall Fuller. He's on the COVID-19 list. He's unvaccinated. He's not going to play there on Sunday. So that opens things up to move Devonta Smith around. So I like Smith a lot as a wide receiver, too, this week. Dallas Goddard drops down to a back-end borderline tight end 1-2 this week. Uh, whoever's running the ball primarily for the Eagles, if it's Miles Sanders in there, I don't love him there as the main guy because of all the splits. But if Sanders is out, I would lean a little bit towards Boston Scott here to get the key touches and Jordan Howard a little bit touchdown dependent, but keep that in mind. Jalen Hurts I like as a QB1 because of his running and Smith this week and a little bit of Goddard, but maybe a little bit more of Jalen Rieger at wide receiver. So Jalen Hurts locked in as a top QB1 here. Sanders, uh, I'm going to be a little bit wary with him, an RB2 kind of flex play. That's certainly where they would uh, drop down to with either Scott or Howard or Gainwell in there. So we'll, we'll monitor all that here later in the week to see where we're going to go. But not feeling it too much because Washington is pretty good against the run. Feeling a little bit more of the passing game this week, but more so with the wide receivers from Hertz than with Goddard in this particular matchup against Washington. Eagles D and Hertz really sneaky stack there because Hertz is part of their running game as well. So good time for Jalen Hurts to return just in time for the fantasy football playoffs. Our next game is the Panthers and Bills. The Bills are 10.5 point favorites. 43.5 is the over-under. Let's start with Carolina. There's not much to see there, honestly. I mean, we'll see about DJ Moore. He's got a hamstring issue. He's day-to-day. Can he get suited up? We'll look at the practice reports and figure that out. Uh, We'll have our final injury updates there for you on Friday, so a lot more to come on that. Robbie Anderson would be a big appeal here with no Tredavis White. Should uh, there be no DJ Moore, that's going to really help Robbie Anderson. He does really well in December. We know that, especially if P.J. Walker's in there versus a Cam Newton 
in that particular game. We're not sure. I think it's going to be more of Cam, but Cam's going to have to throw to Anderson should more miss the game. So a lot of things to look at there, but I'm going to drop DJ Moore to wide receiver three based on this matchup. Anderson is also wide receiver three if you're looking at that, a little bit touchdown dependent. Not feeling Chuba Hubbard this week. Cam Newton is pilfering stuff in the red zone and with his running you also have Amir Abdullah getting involved I also think the negative game script could happen where Abdullah stays in there to uh, catch a lot of passes so not feeling it at all with Hubbard he was uh, saved by a touchdown last week but otherwise he didn't look all that great to me in that matchup against the Falcons and this matchup a little tougher I know the Bills have been more of a sieve against the run but totally not trusting so I want to avoid the Panthers offense as much as I can so much for no Joe Brady making this more inspiring, not going to play the Panthers' defense as well. Now let's look at the Bills. Uh, yeah, let's go all in as much as we can on the Bills to a reasonable degree. Josh Allen, QB1, he's doing it all, running and passing. He's fine. He's good to go. Stephon Diggs can smash it. It's only Stephon Gilmore out there for the Panthers, but he's a little bit older. But no Dante Jackson, no J.C. Horn. This is a very exploitable secondary at this point. So, look, Stephon Diggs can smash it this week. That's a nice little stack in DFS, by the way. Allen and Diggs. Some people may be off it, but they're back in the main slate here in a good spot here. So I, I love that little stack in fantasy. If you're going for a little bit of a tournament pivot, you can go with Gabriel Davis because you're not going to have uh, Emmanuel Sanders in there with a knee injury. And I think uh, Davis has really come on the past two weeks scoring touchdowns. And he's a young guy that I think they want to showcase a little bit more because he's going to have to take over for Sanders next year as the outside primary guy. And really, Cole Beasley is fading as well. So a little bit more Gabriel Davis, deep league dart throw, especially with a touchdown, maybe more usage here and a good matchup. Not going to go with Cole Beasley for the same reasons as Davis is being a little bit more involved and Diggs can dominate in this game. And then you look at Dawson Knox. He's in another good spot to get it going here for the Bills. He's going to probably score a touchdown here along with Diggs for sure. Running game, just forget about it. Devin Singletary looks like the Bills' back du jour in this game, but Josh Allen was the Bills' back du jour against Tampa, so they're not going to stay away from that too much. So I'm not, I'm not going to trust a Bills' back here. Sorry, Matt Breida, Zach Moss, and, and Singletary, get them out of here. Not going to trust them this week, but yeah, feel it with Diggs as a wide receiver one, Knox as an easy tight end one. Davis is a sneaky, deep league wide receiver three this week. Avoid Beasley and love Josh Allen this week. And and that Bills running game with a mess, that's going to help Allen again. I mean, he was like a freight train last week with 100 yards rushing. That could happen again here because he's the newer, better version of Cam Newton. As the Bills kind of copycatted themselves on the Panthers, but now there's a big separation there. And I love them smashing that 10.5 number at home, 43.5 and that over-under just by themselves in this game, possibly. Jets and Dolphins are our next game, and uh, let's start with the Jets. There are a lot of things in flux here. We know there's going to be no Elijah Moore or Corey Davis for the Jets, so that really makes it hard for this passing game. But Jamison Crowder, the Dolphins have been pretty bad in the slot. That's really all you can do against them with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on the outside. So... Crowder, the old extension of the running game because he catches a lot of short passes. And we'll have to see. Michael Carter could change that a little bit, but Carter coming in might actually help there if he can be activated there from the ankle sprain. They've talked about it. Robert Sala has been pretty confident on the other side. Uh, you have Brian Flores confident that Malcolm Brown can also return from his IR stint here and be activated. So two situations we need to monitor all week there with those uh, running backs, but if Carter comes back, then you feel good about him. He was really on fire before. I know that wasn't with Wilson there, quarterback, but 
you know they're going to f- feature him because while he's been gone, Tevin Coleman's got hurt, Ty Johnson's done nothing, Austin Walter has uh, not done anything, and you have uh, all of a sudden LaMichael Pirine. So they want Michael Carter back, and they want to see more of this rookie and do things. And if he's in there, I like him as an RB2 slash flex this week. I'm going to avoid the Jets' backfield otherwise. And if you need a wide receiver three, especially in uh, PPR leagues, you can look at Crowder this week. But that's about it. Crowder and Carter, the only ways to look at the Jets in Week 15. Let's look at the Dolphins. Uh, we're going to monitor their backfield. Everyone's on COVID-19 list. So you have Miles Gaskin. You have Salvin Ahmed. You've got Philip Lindsay on the list. You have Duke Johnson right now is their other active running back in the former Miami Hurricane. But we also have to watch Malcolm Brown. Again, Malcolm Brown was their, quote, starter early in the season over Gaskin. A lot of Gaskin's production has been tied to no Brown being on the field. Ahmed is just their change of pace back, so he's not going to be a factor regardless. So we want to see how it plays out, but the Jets are allowing the most fantasy football points to running back. So anyone who starts uh, right now, it looks like either Brown or Gaskin. We'll see how it plays out here between that, but... Definitely is going to extract some value, whoever that, quote, Dolphin starting running back is. And the best-case scenario to me is all three of those guys I mentioned are out, uh, Gaskin, Lindsey, and Ahmed, and that opens things up for probably a lot here uh, for Malcolm Brown if he can return and a little bit of Duke Johnson. They've also kicked the tires on potentially bringing back Lamar Miller, of all people. So we're going to watch that. We know uh, Craig Reynolds came out of nowhere from the Lions and did his thing last week, and we've seen that so many times with guys just signed and doing things. So we'll watch that with uh, Miami this week. They're 8.5-point favorites at home. 42 is the over-under. I do like Tua Tagovailoa a lot. So this points to the Dolphins wanting to throw more. They're actually one of the highest volume passing teams in the NFL because they're not great at running it. So I love uh, Tua as a back-end QB1 this week. Love Jalen Waddle as a wide receiver one. He keeps getting it done. He's in the wide receiver 1-2 borderline right now for his season work. Devontae Parker comes in as a nice sneaky wide receiver three this week. And Mike Gusecki, a tight end one. So feeling good about the Dolphins passing game. Want to see what happens with their running game. And I also love their defense this week at home against the Jets. They were on fire for Brian Flores before the bye. So they can pick up where they left off here in a smash spot at home against your New York football Jets. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. It's called Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazing low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing here, and uh, it also makes a great gift. So you can have raspberry mint brownie, cherry double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Those are just some of the many flavors, and you got to figure out uh, what you want to give in your gift basket. It's a great stocking stuffer, Built Bars are. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar in a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little. Give your beverage a bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice, melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. And if you like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, get a little healthier with the Bilt Bar. You need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallow through and through. Different flavors all covered in 100% chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. That's what you get from every Bilt Bar. Again, Low calories, low sugar, low net carbs, and low in fat, as well as high in protein. That's what you can get. And it's a good gift, and it's a good treat for yourself as well. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Time to close the show, looking at a couple more of the Sunday games here. So we're doing 8 and 8. 
here. Uh, not what you want to finish in the old NFL schedule. We know no one can finish that way in a 17-game schedule. But uh, we have to break it down because it's a lot more to pack in here and a lot bigger implications here in the fantasy football playoffs. And uh, giving you a little DFS along the way, we'll do that as long as in- injury updates there on Friday's sh- show for the main slate. Cowboys-Giants is one of those games on the main slate. Ten and a half point favors. The Cowboys are on the road. Forty-four and a half. Let's start with the Cowboys. Oh, man. Dak Prescott has been disappointing here of late for sure, to say the least. I mean... It's just been tough. It's kind of what uh, Patrick Mahomes has kind of grinded through here. The big plays and the explosiveness is not coming, so he's had to grind through. He hasn't had the continuity of the receiving core. Not seeing the same. But I think the Cowboys are going to correct something this week, and I think they're going to use the middle of the field more. And that means CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Michael Gallup has also had some versatility. I think he's been a guy that uh, Dak has relied upon a little bit more. So it's a little bit hard when you have all these weapons, but I think you'll see uh, Gallup continue. I think you'll have wide receiver three value this week. I'm going to keep Amari Cooper and wide receiver two, three borderline. He's a little bit touchdown dependent, but to me, this is a big lamb game. If you're going for a DFS play that people might be off, this might be the one here. The Giants have James Bradbury, but they're really bad otherwise at corner. So this figures to be an overcorrection. Get the guys in the middle of the field involved. The Giants play a little bit of zone defense. They're bad in the slot, so that screams throw to Dalton Schultz at tight end. So I like Schultz to come through with a touchdown. I like Lamb in this one. I also like Rain Dakota to put up uh, multiple touchdowns. So I'm going to say at least two touchdowns, probably three in this game for Dakota, running around as well. So R.D. Prescott, uh, Dak is going to come through big time in this game, I think. So rebound spot here. So sneaky stack here this week, uh, pivot here between uh, Prescott and and Lamb to play this week. So, again, it's more of a Lamb and Schultz game than a Cooper and Gallup game, but all four of those guys are startable. Ezekiel Elliott is a tough one here. Tony Pollard will see if he can return from that plantar fascia that he has with the foot injury. That's a tough injury to come back from so quickly. I know he's had a little bit extra time there, but if it's uh, no Pollard, you're going to play Elliott purely based on volume. Hope he gets enough catches and a potential touchdown in this game. Being the positive game script, uh, the Giants are okay as a defense, but I think the Cowboys will uh, exploit them. They need a get-well game, and I think this is one of them for it. So, Elliott a bit touchdown dependent. I feel a little bit better about the passing game than I do Elliott for sure, based on the recent results here. If Pollard's out, that's going to help Elliott for sure, but last week they also worked on Corey Clement like he was Pollard, so... I think something's wrong with Zeke. This offensive line hasn't been great. It could be without uh, Tyron Smith. In fact, that's the expectation here. So those things are there, but I just have a feeling the Cowboys are going to come out. They need a statement game there against uh, Joe Judge's team, and I think it comes this week. Now, for the Giants side of things, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, that's about it here. They are talking about Jake Fromm maybe getting reps. Daniel Jones is already... Shut down for this game. Looks like they might not play him again this season. So Mike Glennon just hasn't been all that great. So they might want to look at Jake Fromm here. That's probably not a great sign for Daniel Jones and his future injury prone and all that. So we'll see what happens there. But Fromm would really make you feel great about playing the Cowboys defense. It's already pretty good when Glennon is the entertainment here because we know Micah Parsons and that defense can get after statuesque Glennon in the pocket here behind that offensive line. So. In my mind, I also kind of like Sterling Shepard as a bit of a sneaky play. Kenny Galladay really isn't doing much, but 
Shepard in the middle of the field, Evan Ingram, that seems like your best way to attack the Cowboys if you're the Giants. The problem with Evan Ingram is they're involving Kyle Rudolph too much, so I can't go there at tight end with Ingram for sure. But Sterling Shepard, he got his feet wet a little bit returning with his quad injury last week. I think he does a little bit more. He usually has some decent games against the Cowboys, and I think whether it's Glennon or Fromm, he's going to be targeted quite a bit in this game. The negative game script throwing quite often means a lot of underneath throws to Shepard, where with Kenny Galladay, you have to worry about uh, Trayvon Diggs and the pressure up front to try to get the ball to him. But with uh, Shepard, a lot of short passes, extended handoffs, playing off the dump-offs there to Saquon Barkley here. So Barkley and Shepard. Barkley is an RB2 based on volume and usage in the passing game and garbage time. We saw him do that score against the Chargers with the game well out of hand. So he's going to be used in that way. And Shepard, again, should get volume. I think he can get 8 to 10 targets in this game. That should be good enough to produce, especially working in the slot here for the Giants, especially with no Kadarius Tony available in this game. Finally, it's Titans-Steelers. Yeah, getting a lot of games in. So we were only up to 8 here with this game. For week 15, we have the back eight tomorrow. Don't forget about that on the show as we go from matchup Wednesday, surprisingly, to matchup Thursday here. So the Titans-Steelers game. Steelers are one-and-a-half-point home underdogs. I say the Titans are road favorites. 41-and-a-half is the over-under. For this one, let's break it down. Now, the Titans, it's going to be all about the running game. They know the Steelers stink against the run. They're awful. They're just terrible. And that is something you can't correct so easily this stage of the season. Titans are going to be totally aware of this. And without Derrick Henry, who's going to get the ball a lot? Donta Foreman, a lot of uh, Dr. Hilliard. Remember that game plan the Titans had against the Patriots a few weeks ago? Almost worked, except for Ryan Tannehill not being very good. I think that's the game plan here. A lot of Foreman, a lot of Hilliard in this one. Maybe a little bit of Jeremy, Mc, Jeremy McNichols. He's healthy, but he's more of a pass-catching back to me. And the game script may not be that way because it's low-scoring 41.5. So Foreman kind of was gritty last week. He had some nice runs, a good start to the game, but he kind of cooled off. But he still got that touchdown, got involved, was their most productive back. He got the most touches. He's kind of the power runner you want to work against the Steelers. A little bit of Dalvin Cook-style running of him. I'm not saying he's going to recreate what Dalvin did against the Steelers defense but he's the man right now they're going to give Foreman probably a good 15 touches maybe 10 for Hilliard behind him it's going to be run 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 because you look at the Titans uh, Julio Jones is back but not much to see there in the passing game without A.J. Brown Ryan Tannehill the bootlegs and all that uh, his mobility can also help the running backs here so in grinding game for the Titans with their offensive line they can get really physical on the Steelers push them around avoid the issues there with the Steelers' pass rush. So run, run, run. I like Foreman a lot as a RB2 with some upside. Uh, Hilliard uh, in baby PPR, you can look at him. But, I, again, I'm not sure exactly what kind of touches both of these guys are going to get. So start Hilliard at your own risk, but I feel stronger about Foreman based on the usage last week for sure. At least a flex play out of him. And deep league uh, dart throw would be... Dr. L. Hilliard for me. I can't recommend Julio Jones. It's not happening here with this passing game. Here in uh, Ryan Tannehill, don't like it either. It's a low-scoring game, probably going to be very physical and very run-oriented. I think that's also going to be the way the Steelers approach it here. So, there's some excitement about Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson. They'll stay hot this game. Chase Claypool I also like in this game. That's the way the Steelers are going to have to move the ball. Titans are pretty good against the run, we know that. So, Najee Harris could see some tough sledding in this one, but 
I don't see a lot of scoring. This is how I look at it. I think uh, you're going to get a touchdown from Foreman and uh, maybe one from Tannehill on the ground, just like we saw last week for the Titans. For the Steelers, you'll probably see one from Johnson through the air and Harris through the air on the ground this week, and that's how it kind of plays out. So not a lot to see here. Physical, grinding game. So those are the principles. Harris, you have to look at him more of an RB2 this week. Chase Claypool comes in as a sneaky wide receiver three, and Deontay Johnson, I think, can put up some wide receiver one numbers in this game, but I'm going to avoid everything else. Not going to play really the Steelers and Titans defenses. I mean, you could look there, but again, not, I don't think you're going to see a lot of points on either side in terms of giving up uh, sacks and takeaways because, again, when you run the ball and you play off that a little bit and the Titans secondary is pretty weak, uh, you're not going to look at uh, any turnovers really uh, develop the way you would like, especially the Titans on the road and the Steelers being terrible against the run. All right, so that takes care of our uh, first eight games on the schedule here for week number 15. Very critical week in fantasy football. We know that. Thanks for making Locked On uh, Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's a free and available for you on all platforms. For this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football, another matchup Wednesday. It's been Vinny Iyer. We'll break it down again for you the second half of games tomorrow on Matchup Thursday.